Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Use Your Powers for Good. I'm your host, Carolyn Opa-Mozell, and I am so glad that you're here. This is a podcast to inspire leaders, managers, and supervisors to use your powers for good to put more kindness into the world. Today's guest is Peter Waziri. Peter is the Chief Financial Officer for Parkland Community Health Plan located in Dallas, Texas. Peter provides financial leadership for the organization's operational and clinical management functions, including network strategy, hospital physician and ancillary contracting, network managing, risk contract reporting, medical cost containment, and growth. He also works with providers to find innovative ways to address the social determinants of health and foster greater coordination of care within the overall provider network. Peter brings 25 years of progressive leadership experience in finance from both the healthcare and financial services industries. And Peter is on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. Peter is going to talk to us today about how he uses his leadership to make that difference. Welcome, Peter. We are so glad that you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So I I gave a lot of your background, but can you tell us about um, a little bit about what led you to do the work that you're doing today? So I've always, um, again, you have a fascinating topic for this podcast, using your powers for good. Um, I've always been uh, a numbers guy all throughout my professional career, and I've always been uh, looking for that avenue to see it's not just about a spreadsheet, it's not just about building models, it's not just about balance sheet and income statement. How does that affect the world? In fact, after my undergrad, my undergrad was was in international banking and finance. So I, I consulted with a think tank in the UK and we did a lot of United Nations uh, projects uh, like International Year of Shelter for the Homeless. Like we're looking at financial systems in developing countries and seeing how can how can you build out a financial system that can help help economic development, that can help job growth because uh, you can have the engineers and the and all the uh, uh, and all the other technology in the world but if you don't have the financial resources collectively harnessed it's tough to fund projects so that can lead to a multiplier effect that will lead to economic growth and then people are better off uh, in developing countries so that has been the basis of what's been driving me uh, since then and uh, in financial services here in the US having done all the gambits of uh, going through corporate banking investment banking uh, financial advisory and uh, investment management I could always point to say I help this company either raise the first funding for them to build their first restaurant or to build their first uh, chemical factory or to build the first warehouse and then I went from hiring two people to hiring 200 people right that to me that's an intangible piece same thing uh, I helped this company uh, build uh, either a mall where people can come and shop and kids can come up and play or is it a high-rise building in the downtown district where over a thousand employees now work there for various companies I can relate that to people I wanted to make sure that I had that same 
passion, that same satisfaction when I got into healthcare as a chief financial officer for Helpland. Now I can point to say, I helped this couple or this family receive and qualify for Medicaid, right? So now they can have coverage for children and the family and the kids. And they can get preventative care, which pre prevents chronic care down the road. I can also say I helped this couple, retired couple, get Medicare because uh, Medicare is very complex, even for the most sophisticated and educated of us. Um, trying to even understand it, sitting down with uh, with the health insurance broker, it just it makes a lot of people makes their heads uh, a spin. Absolutely. And then also even even in commercial, right? Looking at ACA, you know, like um, do we help people? you know, obtain healthcare through the marketplace. You know, do we help companies like provide healthcare, healthcare coverage for um, for their uh, for their small band of employees because they're not the huge multinational companies that can that can get uh, uh, good rates. So uh, when you look at that, as you know, in the US, um, US, for my opinion, has the best health system in the world, but only if you can afford it. If you can't afford it or you don't have coverage, it's not good. Other countries' healthcare systems are better for you in that regard. So, uh, so that I have a passion for making sure that everybody gets coverage. And um, so that's um, that's how I relate what I do to uh, helping people. Well, you really um, made me think about how leaders really meet, need to be in touch with their why. And you have really demonstrated that your why is just, you know, it, it's it's simple but complex in the in the depending on what vehicle you are using to deliver it. But you really just want to have an impact on a, a good impact, a positive impact on the lives of other people in the work that you do. And when people think of a chief, chief financial officer, you know, we, we do, we think of spreadsheets and budgets and, and but, you know, looking at it through the lens that you've described is really, um, I think, eye-opening um, and something that leaders listening to this podcast should really, really consider um, identifying and being clear about what their why is, no matter what their work is. You know, you do, like you said, like you do, you do a lot of work around budgeting and keeping systems yeah, going yeah. and all of that. But if you did not do that, then people would not be able to get the services that are being provided by your organization. So that's that's a, some great insight. We appreciate that. Um, so, you know, what, what I didn't ask you was to tell us a little bit about what Parkland does. So Parkland as a health system is um, a safety net hospital system for the citizens and residents of Dallas County. So, uh, and it's also partly funded by Dallas County tax payments. And um, even the board of directors are elected by uh, Dallas County commissioners. And um, so we happen to be the health plan side um, affiliate of that system. So you have the hospital side, you've got a data analytics side, you've got a foundation, and we're the health plan. So um, Dallas Parkland um, as a system serves all the indigents of uh, Parkland. So um, if you get shot, 
emergency service, Parkland is number one. Uh, it's got a level one trauma center. It's got an excellent uh, born unit and it's world renowned nationally and internationally. And that kind of service, and it's well funded, and that kind of system is available to the citizens of Dallas County. Uh, we were one of the first institutions in the country to get shipments of uh, COVID vaccine when it came out, when other hospitals didn't even have it. Um, so that's that's how that's how Parkland, that's how much Parkland Health System is held in high regard. So it serves Dallas County. Uh, majority of the patients that work for the door, so a substantial part of the patients that work for care, don't have health insurance, and they're not they're not they're not turned away. Um, so and they get first world class, you know care you know either either it's just some uh, emergency visit to wound care to uh, delivering babies uh, maternity and uh, prenatal care I think Parkland delivers more babies uh, than uh, most uh, most of the large systems in this country people don't know that so again excellent maternity care uh, so it's a it's a system that is on a mission. And uh, that is congruent with this, with, with the health plan, because the health plan here, we're primarily, for, at least for now, we're a Medicaid shop. So we help make sure that the Parkland, um, and not just the Dallas County residents, but the other seven counties that we serve that are joined the Dallas County, have access to Medicaid uh, treatments, right? So that's what we provide and what we do as a health plan uh, is very much in line with what the goals and, um, and aspirations of the system. Awesome. Okay. I thought that was important to know as we are having, uh, we continue our conversation um, and then, you know, people can, can link up your why and your, um, your passion for what you do with the services that you are helping to deliver to people. So that that's a great um, connection. Now, I know you've mentioned earlier about how you also um, love that you were able to see your impact, you know, hire two people to 200 people. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you convey your passion and to, to serve to the people that are you are leading because you touch a lot of systems, especially in Parkland. So there are a lot of people to, you know, to get on the same page, so to speak. So uh, within the organization as a whole, a Parkland Community Health Plan and the Parkland system as a whole, uh, we all have to work collaboratively for the, for the common goal that we have. So I try to educate, right? And I try to, uh, actually let me back up. The first thing I do is listen. <laughs> That's the first thing I do, listen. That's okay. And I remember when I joined Parkland, yes, I, I just, uh, when I first joined the system, I just wanted to meet as many of the leaders that I felt I was going to touch sooner or later. And I remember I just, um, and this was before COVID, so we're all in the offices. And I just, I sat down and I said, I prefer to come and see you in, in your office, sit down and introduce myself and take out my notepad. And that's it. I don't say anything. The next thing I typically say is, thank you for your time. I really enjoyed meeting you. But I just asked the questions. What are your pain points? What, first of all, what do you do? What are your pain points? And 
how can I now or in the future, in any way possible, make a job just a little bit easier if I can? And so I so I listen. And then with my own team, with my own team, um, I try to hire people. Uh, number one, I always say I try. They have to, they're, they're smarter than me. I don't, <laughs> you know, I like to I make myself the weakest. Yes. So it's good to have smart people working for you because they have better ideas than you. And if you lead and motivate them properly, they would. Um, they will exceed your expectations because knowing the end result. Uh, then the third piece is now also trying to educate them how they can how they can relate their job to helping the population we serve, to helping the members that we serve. So as we're trying to look at uh, standing up an ACA marketplace product, for example, how do we work collaboratively with the hospital side of the system so we can both look at the same unique set of data and come up with projections about that and then recognize what are the barriers, right? What will make, how can we get these people, um, if they don't qualify for Medicaid, how can we get them ACA uh, coverage in the marketplace? And can they be subsidized? Can they, you know, is it, uh, can they not be subsidized? How much is it going to cost? We're going to have all that, flush out all that discussion. How can we keep them on coverage, right? Because some of these uh, um, individuals, are not, they're not, they've not been trained as to how to obtain something and pay for it repeatedly and realize the value. So then the next thing is, how do we have educational classes, right? And can can any of any one of my team like present just a simple financial tool, a financial presentation, one of those educational classes, right? Then how do we fund, right? You see, I'm peeling all these layers. Now you see how this works. How do we fund and make sure we have a vendor that looks at disease management as a whole? Well, into the future, it's more, it's a long-term plan. If you're sick, you come to the hospital. Yeah, we treat you. If you, we see you have a comorbidity, maybe you're diabetic or maybe you have asthma, yes, we, you know, we treat you for that. But what, what causes the diabetes, what causes the asthma? So how can we train, right? And make sure that people, do you have lead? You know, we, you know, we did a study, we discovered that uh, some of our members, uh, where they stay is in an unhealthy environment. Okay, can we sit down and work with the city and the county? terms of now start going to social determinants of health and if we do that how do you track your results how do you get the data to track your report? so we always relate it back to finance uh, so there is a lot to do and is very challenging and is extremely complex and um i tell myself i only form one less than one percent of all, all this chain of people that we need to touch and work with order to uh, do good by our members and the fun part is, is getting all these relationships and walking through it and getting to the end and having these small wins yeah. and keep having these small wins you can never have a big win with this it's always about <laughs> small wins small wins, small wins. Right. and before you know it you discover that uh, uh, you have an impact but it wasn't easy to get to that is um that's really 
Yeah, I, I love that. I love all of that, by the way. Um, and I was taking a couple of notes. I love when you, uh, and I think this is important, important, important piece for leaders who are listening, especially when you're entering into a new job or a new space with um, um, people that you have not led before, or even people that you, you know, may turn in. Some people turn into, like I did, from being a colleague to, you know, their supervisor. So, you know, that's a different set of listening skills um, that you need to um, have. So I love when you said that you go in and you listen and you ask them about what they do, um, the pain points that they have and how you can make their job easier. And I think those are three great listening tips that um, any leader can take with them, no matter what profession they're in, because those are three things people want to know you know how how can how can their job be made to feel easier better more impactful and as a leader going into you know a a new space with new people i think that is imperative that you listen to that and understand that and that leads to how you talked about you know the the direct hires that you make and um, number one, hiring people smarter than you, yes. Um, I'm always a believer in that we all have such unique skills to bring to the table. So if everyone thought like you're, you or me, when you know, you would get the same result. So there's not a lot of innovation in that. But I loved um, um, how you, you lead and motivate your people so that they can understand their impact as well. So that is, you kind of answered a lot of my questions um, in that one. (laughs) (laughs) But the one you didn't answer, I'll say this, how do you keep yourself motivated? Um, I think I, it's, I hate to say that I, I don't need to keep myself motivated because this is what wakes me up in the morning. Um, but, um, but then that is also how I keep myself motivated. It's not it's not the technical skills. Um, uh, it's not the fact that I love learning new things, um, either a new product or a new industry. Uh, in financial services, I funded so many industries, so I just love learning about what makes different industries tick and the characteristics. Learn about um, what's happening out there. I, br- I, bring, I brought my, uh, my background from the global macroeconomic policy. How do governments set policy? How do they affect economic growth? Uh, when I look at this, the ability to impact people on a very, very positive level and a large scale. If you've gotten that buzz and you've done it across countries, it's a drug that doesn't leave you. Yeah. Right. It doesn't leave you, especially if it's something that you love doing. And it's even much more fun because now the fun part comes in. If you can now um, take the same skill set and transfer them, like in a county, in Dallas County. And we do it in Collin County, right uh, next door. And we do it with the new products that we're bringing up. When you look at that, it's like, no matter what hill I climb, the next hill is always bigger, or the next hill is always different. And uh, not 
we nobody can stand still. You know, you all need some kind of passion, right? And this is one of the passions I have because it motivates me to even to think differently. Um, it challenges me when I go through something I've never been to before, and I'm sweating bullets, you know, trying to get get this done. <laughs> but in the end, when I look back, I'm always glad that I went through it, yeah. good or bad, because I learned something from it, something for this insatiable desire that I have knowledge. So maybe in a way, it's like uh, it's an insatiable desire for knowledge and um, and the achievement. Um, that I've been talking about. That's what that's what motivates me. Mm-hmm. That is that is really really very insightful because I loved when you say, "Let your." This is what I got from it. Let your the passion for your work wake you up in the morning. That's what I think I heard you say. Your passion for your work wakes you up in the morning, and that is that is you know very that is so. Um, important, especially when you are leading people, because it, you, you people feed off the energy that you are bringing to um, your work. So you know, if you're you're not bringing, like, if you're not feeling passionate about your work, then you know it's hard to convey other people to be passionate about the work. So I love that. I love that so much. So tell me, Peter, what like what lessons have you learned along the way? Um, that have come from like leading people. Um, oh, one quick lesson is that you're not the sharpest. You know, nobody's the sharpest tool in the shed. You know, younger, I always like to think like I want to be the sharpest tool in the shed, but uh, you learn very quickly. <laughs> the sharpest tool in the shed. Uh, that, that's a, that's the first big lesson. Um, the second big lesson is every individual is different. And um, every every individual has a strong desire to be themselves at their jobs. And you have to manage and work with people differently and lead differently. Um, Some, the people that um, they need, they they, they understand and move forward by discussion. And uh, And that discussion is a verbal discussion. But I like to discuss things with you. Some people just like an email, right? Some people, they just want you to listen. (laughs) After you listen, then it's like, uh, then they feel that, okay, once it's listened, my boss is listening, then then I'm going to do this, right? Maybe it's a way of them seeking approval. Mm-hmm. But everybody has a different, unique style, right? And um, what I've learned is the more flexible I can be, the better leader I can be. And as I'm being that flexible, the more um, attention I pay to the price. What is the goal? Where do you want to get to? What is the plan? What do you want to achieve? The more I intense my focus on that, it helps me, guide me in terms of the flexibility, which means you always bring, everything comes back to the center at the end. You can go to the side and not the rails, but everything always comes back to the center, right? Keep your eye on the price. Uh, but it's 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 having to lead people and just learning people, learn about people, the people you meet, the people you work with. Um, yeah, so that, that's, uh, it's a lot. 
no, I, I love that because, well, I, my the work that I do is rooted in behavioral and emotional intelligence skills, developing those skills. And so part of that is like, number one, learning to read the world, <laughs> learning to read people, and learning how to do it in a way where you can support them to be, you know, the best version of themselves in their work that they're doing. So I think we're like cousins or something. At some, we're we're we're, we're leadership cousins, <laughs> leadership philosophy cousins. <laughs> um, so no, I love that. I love that. So tell me if you could sum it up into. Um, maybe two or three of your best leadership tips for people listening, um, what would they be? Attentive listening, mm-hmm. uh, intensive coaching, and, uh, and directional leadership. Okay, I like that. Listen. Yeah, you gotta listen to you gotta listen to your team, and because if you don't listen, you you will miss the little nuances where where it's it might be a little twitch or fix, but it makes an you know outsized influence, right? And to them it might be huge, but to you it's just a little twitch, right? Small step for me, giant step for somebody else. <laughs> I can't believe. And then coaching. Yeah, and the coaching too is not, you're not teaching somebody how to do something. That's, that's why I love working with people who are smarter than me. Because that's where coaching becomes a pleasure. Because yeah. they get what I'm saying before I say it. <laughs> I'm halfway done, they come through my sentence. Right. And then they come back and they add to it. Right. Um, and, and if it's something I haven't done before, it's a pleasure to coach that kind of individual because you can see them absorb it like a sponge. And, and then, so the third thing is the directional leadership. What's the goal? What's the price? Right. What's the goal? What's the price? Keep focus on that goal and price. And um, so to me, it's like, yeah, helping people, working hard, you know, um, make sure we are a cohesive team and make sure we have a set our goals and our annual goals or quarterly goals or department goals or company goals. Make sure we have that set. And also the goal is to have fun. Mm-hmm. With all this stuff, you, you, you're serious with the walk, but you have fun afterwards. And you have fun so that way everybody, you know, remains human. That's very important because we are all humans. So sometimes we tend to forget that when we're at work. But that is, you know, that, that's not going to change. So that is, those are some great tips. So Peter, our final, my final question is, tell, tell us how you put more kindness into the world. Uh, uh, with a smile, individually smile. Mm-hmm. Okay. Smile. Um, it's no matter how bad it gets, no matter how frustrated I am, uh, try not to shout. I think just smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but have the backbone, have the backbone never to back down for anything that you're convinced about, no matter how much anybody pushes you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then make sure people can always say, ah, I like a smile. 
So, yeah, I'm the guy that ever got mad. That that's um, that makes the world a better place. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. All right. So, Peter, um, for those who are in the, the, the Dallas area, tell them how they can connect with Parkland to get uh, more information about the services that you guys provide. So, yeah, uh, they can reach out to our website. You know, uh, our website has all the information about uh, Parkland uh, PCHP, and they can reach out to the website of Parkland system as a whole, right? And look at um, how we're serving the uh, residences of uh, Dallas County. And uh, they can also reach out to, you know, uh, any, any one of our uh, media facing uh, departments to, uh, you know, to get more information. And we have brochures and we have information that we that we put out to the public uh, you know on a regular basis so um, if there's if, is there stuff from any one of those angles yeah mm-hmm. they, they will learn more about us all right so really quickly provide the website address okay so uh that's uh parklandhealth.org parklandhealth.org okay all right so for any of you who are listening or know folks who live in the dallas area you said dallas and the surrounding dallas county yes yeah that's one county and then there's six more counties that are very in which we serve okay all right so if you know anyone in that area or if you live in that area yourself reach out to reach out and, and um, take a look at the parklandhealth.org website and um, see if you can utilize their services. So, Peter, thank you so much for being here today. It was a pleasure to um, get your such such great insight um, on leadership and passion for doing your work. We appreciate having you here. and. Uh, and for those who are able to join us today, thank you so much for being here as well. And until next time, be better today than yesterday. Be better tomorrow than today. Bye for now. Thank you.